If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is this numbers in your pocket? I remember when you used to throw those things away. Why do you want to keep in touch now? Who gave you the reason to act so shady? That's how much I care mm. for you. <laughs> I don't know any of oh, I don't understand, baby. We gotta go through this. Mm. We can't even talk. Girl, Girl, we, we don't, don't even. even kiss i never would have thought we'd be we'd breaking, breaking up, up like this but it's over now it's over now oh thanks for the fireworks at the end niggas <laughs> praise the lord niggas praise the lord niggas we are back yet again to discuss the hood that is adult hood the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in am i right about it so right say it again man the ghettos of adulting the good the bad the ugly the test the trials the twists the turns the temptations and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our lord 2020 yeah i don't even want to ask how you are because i don't even what does that even mean? I feel anymore? like that's such that's <laughs> such a loaded question. It used to just be something that you asked to be courteous, yeah, um, and to just like you know to let people know that you recognize their humanity, um, and that you really actually care. But now it feels like you're asking someone a very heavy and intense question these days because you just never know how people are. I know the sadness in white people's eyes when they, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's oh not funny, God. but. <laughs> They t- when I was in the Whole Foods earlier, <laughs> oh yo, they God. just look at you with such deep sorrow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been reading up. This is gonna. I'm gonna talk about this in my by Black women self care, but I've kind of been reading up on uh, things because I feel like I need mm-hmm. to have like resources, tools, information. My nerves are tend to be a lot less chewed up if I have like information. Um, That's fair. 
so I've been reading, doing lots of reading, and I read today, uh, revisited a, a piece that I had read um, several times now, but Wife Fragility by Robin DiAngelo mm-hmm. is her shorter piece. She has a whole book, but there's also a shorter publication. I think it was published in like the Journal of like Critical something or other. Um, I'll find it. But either way, I've been reading about uh, Wife Fragility to really just kind of understand and kind of have some language for what I am sensing um, Mm -hmm. when I engage with with white people. Mm -hmm. And I want to be, you know, better equipped to navigate those conversations. So I've been really trying to to understand what their perspectives might be. Um, And that resource has been really helpful to just kind of understand why these conversations about race and racism are so Mm off-putting for white folk, right? And how they, like, literally are frantic, like, emotionally frantic. (laughs) They're frayed (laughs) at the edges, at the core. And it's not funny, but it is, right? (laughs) Sorry, I'm It's not funny. It's not funny, but it's just because, but it it, it is kind of, you know, one of those kind of tenuous places to be where it's like, well, I don't really know how to, I don't know. If you don't know and I don't know, then what are we going to do, right? You know I laugh at inappropriate things, so. (laughs) I mean, I feel like laughing is kind of, uh, you know, something that, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause they got I think I used the word tenuous incorrectly just now, but don't judge me. I'm going through some things. Oh, so, no, it's my sister's having a week, but we're sending her <laughs> all the love. I'm pretty sure I do say incorrectly. I think I meant like, um, diff- I don't know. I know that tenuous, I don't know. Tenuous means like weak or like, like weakened. I don't know how I, what I meant, but listen, I, I, I am. Um, I just I just appreciate your patience. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with some things. That's all right, sis. That's okay. We right here. We're gonna oh, work yes. through it. How are you it. doing? I'm all right. You know, I'm just pushing forward and and uh, doing what I can. I mean, you know, trying to keep my sanity and maintain my black joy. Uh, I mean, it's important. You know, in 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 whatever small ways that I can, and I'm just I'm grateful for the things that I have now, and grateful that we're living in a time where we're seeing some things happen. So, you know, we've seen, we've seen a fight for a long time, but it's nice to see, um, it's nice to see a little bit more unity. So I know we have a long, long way to go, but I'm doing all right. Long story, long, long answer short, not short. I'm doing okay. (laughs) But, uh, and so I, you know, I was really trying to comb this trash and figure out what the hell we're going to talk about but we're going to try to keep this as, you know, light as possible. We have an honesty box uh, mailbag episode. So that's what we're doing for the kitchen table talk. So let's let's get on over to the trash and talk about some things. Might as well. Might as well. Minus as well. A clean up woman is a woman who. Okay, thank you, Betty Wright. So I just feel like, you know, we should just keep the party going and talk a little bit mm-hmm. about Insecure. Did you have a chance to watch it? I certainly did. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go ahead in our non-recap, you know, in whatever we want to call our, our unofficial. <laughs> our, unofficial <laughs> our bootleg recap. Because <laughs> I definitely, I'm not about to do that. You people love, you know, people love to do that. 
Y'all know what y'all mm-hmm. doing. Don't do that. There is an official recap show. Um, but how did you feel about the episode? I still feel very uh, like things are very unfinished in that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they can go any any way. Yes. Um, and that kind of gives me some. I mean, it's exciting because, you know, I, I don't know what it's exciting because. Things could go anyway, but it's also stressful because things could go anyway. Exactly. And we only have one episode left, so mm-hmm. I just am trying to brace myself to be like, I just feel like Issa going to hit us with the last gut punch. You know and she we is. just going to be like, it's like, dang. You know but, she is. Uh, yeah. How did you All feel about her and Lawrence's uh, chemistry this episode? So I, I feel like it is, we are navigating dangerous waters here, people. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like there is I, I this this is triggering to me, right? Because we can all I feel like I can very much relate to just falling back into the familiarity of a thing. Woo! Um, without really having done I mean, I don't wanna say they have had one conversation, but I don't know that um well we're it's not clear whether or not They've really got to the meat of the matter as it relates to like where things are. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think right now they're just trying to keep it light mm-hmm. and just enjoying it. But I, that's why I feel like there is danger afoot. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I feel like something's going to happen to kind of take us from this very pleasant, easy, breezy place to like, easy, I feel like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a bomb is of some sort is getting ready to drop and i don't know what that's gonna look like i don't know uh i feel like Issa is starting to have the conversation about like what this is and lawrence being evasive um was really kind of just like um is he evasive because he don't know either or is he trying to hide something i felt like his response to the condola question was very much like oh yeah it's over but is it but we'll see because <laughs> condola was blowing his hotline bling up last and week. i just still need to know what that was about right because we as we discussed you know there is we don't know whether or not coronavirus is completely out of the picture mm. <laughs> we're gonna have to keep an eye on covid19 okay <laughs> we gonna have to try. yeah i don't know calandula is definitely gonna she's gonna show up and uh yes coagulation is really on on her way back no nah, chamomile's about to drop a bomb that ass <laughs> so so oh so yeah i don't know where are we with molly though i mean are we I done still hate I, molly. I, I for one am okay i'm okay like i'm just like I, let I it molly. be over i hate her i'm good or anybody like her i'm sick of molly she i just that text message I, like i understand you talking to your partner you know what i'm saying but like girl you moving fast and lisa really is she really was trying to show an effort but the problem with her pa- she's trying she's trying but her passiveness and unwilling to right. discuss important matters straightforward is now biting her right. in the ass so it's like yeah you're trying y'all had some mimosas and that was the one thing that i did agree with molly on it was like all right we had some mimosas but like then what but also you didn't bring anything up either exactly and i feel like molly's pattern is that she holds folks to um standards and, and she doesn't um, hold herself to an expectation well it's standards that she doesn't hold herself to and she holds her like she has expectations that she's never articulated um and she just kind of moves very uh selfishly in her relationships yeah 
and even even in how i i feel like she deals with andrew yeah um i wish that she would be a little bit more conscious of how her you know her words and her behaviors impact impact him mm-hmm. um, because i do i do kind of recognize her being uncomfortable after her uh, her inter, inter, um you know the run-in that she had with his brother when they were on vacation uh-huh. but i do feel like you know if you're gonna continue to be in relationship with this man you you do at least owe him the opportunity you know you owe him to try right and I understand you wanting to be uncomfortable, you being uncomfortable, but you have to use your words, mm-hmm. right? You have to use your words. You can't just, you know, I don't know, continue to have, I don't know. I, I want her, and, and I think Andrew is going to get tired of her. Uh, I agree. Kind of moving and grooving, yep. moving and grooving on her. She's because she's acting like a single person in a relationship. And I, and I feel like that's something that I have been guilty of in the past. I had to learn a lesson the hard way. You know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you're in a relationship. And that means that your mm-hmm. your your feelings, your um, you know, the things that bother you, your comforts, um, are always priority, but that doesn't mean that they're the only things that are on the table exactly. as far as what you should be considering as far as moving forward. So I don't know, I just wish that she would kind of grow up. And it's kind of like a I really do. I wish that she would just kind of like just take some accountability and ownership. She didn't even take accountability she was... in her, like in the final scene with Issa where she was, you know, Issa was she's like, she's never wrong for anything. No, and that's like, she never owns it. It's always somebody else's fault. And like the therapist says, like when someone cuts up, someone acts up and she just cuts them off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in relationship? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, a read. Okay. Thank you. That's exactly. I was like, okay, come through therapist, but she still ain't listening though. She not. And Molly not going to, because that's just not who she is. It's not as a person. She hard headed. Now back to Issa's passiveness. I was happy that she, now she did do it in a passive aggressive way or in a, uh, you know, it was a little dig where she, you know, her and Nathan were having that back and forth because she was being honest with him. And I appreciated the fact that it was an uncomfortable conversation. And even though she handled it in a very Issa way, she did try to address it uh, by letting Mm -hmm. him know what was what. Um, And he was petty. Mm -hmm. His responses were petty. So I can also understand coming back with a little quip because somebody's being petty with you. But um, I was glad that she finally addressed the fact that he essentially he ghosted, ghosted her. Uh, now, mm-hmm. we did come to find out, obviously, that um, he was having some some mental health issues. And we know that Andrew alluded to it in another in another episode. But, you know, he, it was confirmed and he said he was dealing with bipolar disorder. And I that's that's fair. I feel like that's fair. And it's like, you know, right. I didn't know how now to handle it. In, right. So more than fair, but I was also glad that Issa finally said something about it because I was like, "How long are y'all niggas gonna keep hanging out and nobody's going to say anything about this situation?" Like, you can't just mm-hmm. pop back on me, and I'm like, "Nigga, where the hell have you been?" Very true. You can't do that. So, we shall see what happens with Young Chrysanthemum next week, and with <laughs> Issa and Molly and Andrew and the gang, Lawrence. Uh, in the gang. So let's mm-hmm. move on to our next topic. Terry Crews. 
Um, so <laughs> did you see any of that? I feel like I have heard um, a little about all of the messy ways. I did see that uh, the young man from Everybody Hates Chris reached out to him and was just like, man, listen, I know that you don't mean to, but you sound like a donkey. Wait, the guy who plays Chris? Yes. <laughs> he reached What's back. What's his name, he, Tyler? He, they, Yes, he was just like, brother, I know what you're trying to say, but you're missing it. Like he and he and he <laughs> um I saw it on Instagram, but I can't I can't exactly like quote it, but it was awesome to see. You know who um I'm trying to think. Was it Reagan Gomez? Somebody retweeted it into my timeline. And that's that's the reason why I saw it because I don't follow him, but it was just like it was one of those kind of full circle moments, and even though we know that Terry Crews played that young man's parent. <laughs> on a television exactly. show it was just awesome to see because that's really how it be that's what resonated with me because it's like sometimes your family members your older family because this has happened to me time after time it's something that comes up continuously in my family conversations and discussion where i have to be the one to be like you cannot say that oh yeah yeah ever again yeah. like like yeah. um yeah i do have to do the same thing because sometimes. those generational you know the differences the divide the like and the, and the sensitivities that come with, um, hopefully, come with a level of exposure and awareness that I think folks from our generation are just more apt, apt to have. Um, mm -hmm. There are those of us with older family members who just be out here saying anything and you have to really pull them to the side and be like, you got to shut up. <laughs> like, don't say that. You're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. Yes. Yes. So I don't even know, even know that I know or fully understand what happened to Warrant. Well, um, you know, a little backstory. But I do know that he been cutting up. He basically said that there's a such a such a thing as black supremacy. Oh, the gatekeepers of blackness. Oh, is what he is is what how he what? Um, <laughs> yeah he said. Because uh, Godfrey Woo! said, "I love you as a friend, brother Terry." But I disagree with you 100%. No such thing as black supremacy. That is a tactic that racist whites use to counteract our rebellion to their horrific treatment of us. It's called gaslighting. Black pride is an anti-white. And Terry said, I agree. I'm not discussing white people here. There are gatekeepers of blackness, quote unquote, mm -hmm. within our own community who decide who's black and who's not. I've often been called out for not being black enough. How can that be? No, sir, you hell were not called out for not being black. You were called, you were called out, out for being dumb as hell and throwing your your black female co-host under the fucking bus. I don't know that we denied your blackness or or whether or not the critique was that we were wondering whether you denied your blackness in the ways in which you treated um, Gabrielle Union. Um, threw her under the bus now and and i mean i'd like the record to reflect that y'all know that i don't really see it for mary jane paul but <laughs> the fact remains that are um even still I, I i recognize that you know terry did her dirty and i can did. i can own that and say that oh here's the original tweet he said <clears throat> defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy equality is the okay. truth like it or not we are all in this together <laughs> okay 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 so this is the danger mm -hmm. that comes with you know mis misinformation and and what and I, I don't know how we i don't know if we've really really taken 
into account like how pervasive whiteness is mm-hmm. and how like it is literally we talked about this last week with Brittany how it's like woven into everything mm-hmm. that we do we are indoctrinated and socialized to believe that you know whiteness is this ideal that we are all, all aspiring to it is a part of the American dream mm-hmm. and I think what this exposes about brother Terry and other you know people who think like him is just how much work has to be done. We have a lot of unlearning to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, that is what is before us, right? Unlearning, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of the ways that we uh, have been socialized to, to be anti-black. Anti-blackness is not limited to white folk, unfortunately. And no. Terry Crews just proves that. Anti-blackness can it. be something as quote as this is not small, but small as uh, you talking about a relative because they have natural hair and you think they need to be wearing their hair straight. I mean, it's it's it's, all, it's, well, it's respectability. Right. It's all of that. It's, it's all, all of the things, and um, we have got to do better. We do. I agree. You know, I saw. I'm looking at little Tyler's. Uh, <laughs> you saw it. He was just like, "Nigga, like, I mean, uh, we are. It's all love, but I mean, uh, I love nah. you like as a person, but you can't be out here saying this. You're dumb saying stuff. reckless things, sir. And we like you are really being like you look crazy, and I want you to know that. Did you watch any of George Floyd's funeral? I didn't get a chance to, so there were pieces of it, mm-hmm. like little bits and pieces. I was literally, my um, my office is having our staff retreat virtually during the month of June. So that means every oh, Tuesday like from like one thirty to 5.30, I am on Zoom oh, wow. being tortured. <laughs> so um, I was able to kind of see it because, you know, I couldn't listen to it, but I, you know, would just kind of like look at it every now and then Mm -hmm. and just kind of keep up. I saw Neo snotting and crying. I saw, uh, you know, and I've I've since seen some of the performances, like people who sung. I've seen some of those on the YouTube and carrying on. But, um, yeah. So, yes and no. I will say this, and I say this with all due respect to George Floyd and the Floyd family. Okay? Um... What and this is just concerning me. This is my personal preference. This is not even a judgment about the way that they handle his services because I do believe that you know he was sent off in style. Mm-hmm. Hello, but I will say this, and I want the, this to be on record, such that if anything happens to me, you guys will know. Do me one favor and just promise me that you will not allow anybody to just bounce me down the aisle the way that they bounced him down the aisle. Oh, the pallbearers were in a full march. And I mean, it was as if the casket was on the hydraulics. I mean, a bounce and a bounce, a bounce. Now, I understand that these things are cultural and traditions. And I mean, all about like, you know, family practices. And that's all well and fine for the Floyd family. But I'm just speaking for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need all of that. I don't need y'all to I don't need y'all to to you know do all of that for me. But otherwise, I can't speak to I can, I mean I did see that the church was packed. Some people had on masks, some people didn't. Yeah, but. it was packed out. It was it was very full, but they were passing out masks. Um mm-hmm. and you know, they started on time. 
it seemed like a pretty respectable service. They really tried to pay, pay their respects to him, uh, you know, properly. I saw old hateful ass Kim Burrell up there singing. I mean, hateful, hateful. but some. But like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the hate comes the out in melody, so that's walls, why it's okay? that's why it's so good because it's all of her hate like coming out of her. Hateful and problematic, <laughs> and my lord, yes. But I mean, came to sing. Always comes to sing. She's just a bet. <laughs> my lord, but yes, yes, an evil, that's evil, evil bet, and actually. With that being said, happy Pride Month, first of all. We want to oh, make yes. sure we acknowledge Pride Month. Absolutely. Shout out to all of our LGBTQIA plus plus yeah. brothers, sisters. Um they them I don't yes, are they's and are them's. I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'm just not gonna make nothing up. And you know, just <laughs> everybody, our trans brothers and sisters. We, we stand in solidarity here over at Getting Grown. You know that we love everybody. All Black Lives Matter over here. So um, I actually, on my cocktail videos, I said I was going to donate 20% of the proceeds to the Brooklyn Bell Fund, but I take that back because the Brooklyn Bell Fund are, is not paying dues the way that I, when I did my research to find out. So I'm glad I didn't send anything that way, but I will be donating to a, to a trans cause. I'm going to find a proper right. one and donate because our trans brothers and sisters are often forgotten. So I want that to be said following old hateful ass Kim Burrell. And lastly, mm -hmm. um, I never thought I would, I never thought I would see the day, but Trina, Trina, yeah, I, you know, Trina's out here. Trina has literally been peaceful and minded her business for mm. years upon years upon years you know, ain't those never, days are over. Those days are completely over because she says some wild inflammatory shit about black people, uh, calling calling us animals. And then of course there was we a are lot mourning of mourning the loss right. of, you know, whatever fandom that we ever had for Katrina. Oof. And that's just that on that. Like that's literally all I have to say. Like I don't even want to give her any more air. I know. Like, all right, sis. Yeah. You're out here sounding crazy. Sounding crazy. And boots. we're just gonna leave it right there. We're just gonna leave it you right there. You can't backpedal on that. You can't do that. I just I just yeah, I don't know. I mean, even Trick was like, um And we know that nigga is a problem. Exactly. <laughs> so we 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 got that nigga up out of here and I and I don't mean that in cancel culture, uh vernacular. I mean got that nigga up out of here. I don't have any I don't have any dealings with a trick daddy. I don't listen to a trick daddy because he that old foolish shit he said a few years back. But Trina Rest in peace. Um, and that's that on that. We shall move on to a shout out. My sister's popping right now. Okay. So our shout out this week, I'm going to do an email shout out. And that's because it's very near and dear to my heart, my neighborhood. Oh, Hi, nice. Master Chef. Oh, nice. Jared, I think she be, she she probably meant Jade. She typed it wrong. It's Come all right. on. <laughs> Dr. Shakira Robinson. That's that's all that is. Autocorrect. How autocorrect on change Jay to Jared. Y'all are ashy. Because you know. My Jared name is Ivy and I am a teacher in New York City. I hope you are both doing well in these crazy times. In the spirit of uplifting community, I wanted to shout out two organizations that I think the Getting Grown community could support. The first is Sacred Vibes Apothecary. 
which that is actually an apothecary that my homegirl um, speaks about quite often, and Sacred Botanica in Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York, providing fine tea, spices, candles, and other holistic remedies. This business is Black-owned, woman-owned, and community-focused. Karen Rose, the owner of both businesses, even trains apprentices like me. The second is Renaissance Youth Center in the South Bronx. RYC currently has a GoFundMe for summer programs here. RYC supports black and brown children in the South Bronx so they get the programming and mentorship they need to succeed. I'm also biased towards this amazing cause as I am a new board member. I would love it and greatly appreciate it if these two organizations could be shouted out in the spirit of uplifting black lives in historically underserved areas in New York City. Thank you for being voices for our community and may you may you ever be blessed. And that's from Ivy. Ivy, thank you so much for writing in so that we can shout out thank these beautiful you, organizations and, and businesses. For sure, for sure. So that's Sacred Vibes Apothecary and Sacred Botanica, both in Flatbush, that's here in Brooklyn, and then the Renaissance Youth Center in the South Bronx. And I will put both of those links as well as the GoFundMe in the description box um, for anybody who may be interested. And that's our shout out this week. Mm -hmm. So let us move along to the kitchen table. Let us move along. Let's just get home then. Ben and Jerry's three new non-dairy frozen desserts are a new twist on vegan euphoria. So many non-dairy flavors, so little time. Ben and Jerry's has three new non-dairy frozen desserts made with sunflower butter. The Ben and Jerry's flavor gurus have taken a big leap this time. Their new non-dairy flavors are the perfect sweet treats for vegans, vegetarians, and all the Jades and Kias of the world, which is everybody in between. Y'all know, again, the plant-based ice cream, you know, I have tried it and it has not been my favorite thing. But this Ben and Jerry's non-dairy creme brulee hit your girl just right. It does exactly what it needs to do when I when I need a midnight snack. Um, and, you know, we stand with Ben and Jerry because Ben and Jerry stands with us. Okay? Hello and good morning. Check out the Ben and Jerry Sunflower Butter lineup and the whole non-dairy family at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Honestly? Truly. All right, all right, all right. As promised, Jade and I have convened at the kitchen table to address some of the honesty boxes in the mailbag that we did not get a chance to read and answer during the graduation announcement mm -hmm. season. So we are going to get knee deep in y'all's business at the kitchen table yet again. So grab your snacks and your be and your beverages and let's journey on into the bowels of other people's business for just a moment. And we'll give everybody this a pseudonym. Yes, I'm trying to see whether or not she asked for one. But yes, I will give her one. And for the, I'll let you choose her her, her um, pseudonym. We'll Sis. call her what Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish writes. Hi, Jaden Kia. I have been listening to you all over a year now, and y'all give me life and laughter, and I can't thank you all enough. You are welcome, Billie. A few weeks ago, oh, wow, my dad was diagnosed with mm. the coronavirus. It was the scariest thing I have ever witnessed, and I don't wish it on anyone. By the grace of God, he survived. But it was a fight, a real scary mm. fight. One day he was struggling to breathe so bad that I had to call 911. The ambulance came, and they took him to the hospital. At that moment is when it, it, and everything hit me. I thought to myself, what if this is the last time I see my dad? I was immediately plagued with fear. 
But with my three younger siblings, 16, 15, and 10, I'm 23, behind me crying, I had to pull myself together and faith overtook me. I reached out to all my prayer warrior friends and family members and asked them to please keep my dad in their prayers. My main goal of telling some of my friends was to let them know that ish is real and it doesn't discriminate. One of the friends I shared this news with was being what has been living her absolute best life since the shelter in place went into effect from going over to her friend's houses to celebrating her birthday in a hotel room with over 10 people. Mm. The list goes on. When I told her the news, she was very shocked and was concerned about my dad's health for a minute and made her reflect because her parents have been stressing to her that she is going out a little too much. And mind you, her dad has a chronic condition. So I could completely understand his concern with her coming in and out of his house as she pleases. She ended up telling her mother about my dad and they mailed us a packet of herbal teas and other essential oils. I thought it was very mm-hmm. kind and thoughtful. This is where my frustration comes in. A few days ago, she sent in our group chat. What are y'all up to today? I wanted to rent a boat, but I think that that has to happen next weekend because I call places and that seems like the best bet. Let me know if anyone's down. Mind you, this group chat has over 20 people in it. She sent this message as if we are not in a global pandemic, as if we are not on a shelter in place. She then proceeds to say, I'm still trying to figure out something to do today. One of my friends in the group said, stay at home. And she responded, no. Truthfully, I was highly disappointed in her actions. To me, it comes off as extremely selfish. She has been going out for pleasure this entire time. Meanwhile, essential workers have no choice. Essential workers are risking their lives every day. Her actions also bother me because she has an undergraduate degree in public health and she knows what she's doing is wrong. She essentially is asking, I just want to know from the both of you, am I being too sensitive because of my dad's situation? Am I not being considerate of what she might be experiencing? I have the tendency to avoid conflict and I tread the line of passive, if you will. I hate conflict and I hate telling people what they did wrong when I feel like they should know. I don't want her to feel like I'm lecturing her. So what do I do? Do I let this fester inside of me and eventually get over it? Or do I address it? What do you all think is the best way to address it? She said, I know this is long. Thank you for taking the time out to read it. Can't wait to hear what you both have to say. Signed, Billie Eilish. Well, I don't know if you already handled this, Billie Eilish. Yes, because this was sent some time ago. We apologize for the delay. But um, if it were me, I would have said something. Because the fact of the matter is, I mean, also, you know, there is the, the conflict of it's not your business. She doesn't live in your house. But I can understand how it is heightened in sensitivity because your father was dealing with coronavirus. But also, it was kind of like a... I'm, Child, let me make you aware of how terrible this thing really is. Let me make you aware of how real this thing is. You know, and those type of actions, you know, are selfish. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they're, they, they're not considerate of other human beings because here you are. You just going out, you partying, you hanging out in close quarters, a hotel room. I just... I, <laughs> There's nothing essential about anything going on here. And this is not even about somebody going out and running an errand. You know what I'm saying? There's a couple of things I need to pick up and I just need to leave on this day to do so. I'm going to do it in a mask and, you know, make sure I keep my hands clean and consider everybody else around me. There's diff- There's a difference between needing to go out and get some things done and then, like, I'm going to go have a wang dang doodle in a hotel room. The hotel should have banned them. I don't know. If I were you... I understand wanting wanting to say something 
about it. I also know the time has passed at this point. So I don't know if that makes you any never mind. But it's also okay for you to come back and be like, yo, I was really disappointed at this time in our friendship. Like your actions really showed me that you don't show consideration for other people. You know, your family here, your family is putting themselves out and sending packages for my family because of what my father's dealing with. And you you, you inviting 20 niggas on a boat. <laughs> like, come on, sis, that's irresponsible. It's okay to, to hold Very somebody accountable. So. But what do you think, sis? No, 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 I agree with what you said. I think that if it were me, um, you know, I I mean everybody's grown here you said you were 23 i get the sense that your friend is 23 and while that is young it is still grown um and i feel like if the conversation if i if, if you think that if folks are trying to reason with this person and they insist upon doing what they want to do at, at, at a certain point you just have to decide you know whether or not you're going to continue to beat your head up against this wall I think if it were me, I would say what I would need to say, you know, but I would not, uh, you know, draw this out. It wouldn't have to be no long, huge blow up conversation. Mm -hmm. It would just be like, OK, girl, well, if this is what you want to do. Just know that I'm going to be out of it. And I think that you're wilding. <laughs> like, I think that you're wilding. And, um, you know, if you want to take these kind of risks and make these kind of reckless decisions, then that is your business. But as for me and my immune system, mm -hmm. we will be at the house. Until you act like you got some sense. Now, don't you can, and, and it don't even have to be confrontational. It could just be as matter of fact as that. Like, you know, I have seen some things throughout this whole COVID situation. So maybe I do have some sensitivities. I'm not going to apologize for those, but I have seen that this coronavirus is taking people up out of mm -hmm. here and it's a very serious situation. And if you don't want to take it seriously, honey, that's between you and your respiratory system. Now, God bless you. Like, I just, I think that it doesn't have to be confrontational you don't have to go into it with any sort of expectation that she will or will not receive what you're saying because whether or not she does girl your decision is made yeah pretty much so i would just very much um you know you know hype myself up around that like i'm grown and i know that i'm not going so if she want to be out here that's her business that's it and i don't i'm you can make a choice like i'm not even gonna argue with you or go back and forth with you about this it's not even about feelings and sensitivities it's like girl i'm not going <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, and that's just that on that i don't think you should go but you grown so if you want to do it that's your, business, that's your business but i'm not going yeah and that's that bottom line so we hope that was helpful billy eilish we shall move on yes, to the next honesty box. Let's see here. Let's do it. Let's find the next one. Okay. Would you like to give okay. her a pseudonym, sis? Deborah Cox. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah Cox. Let's see how you got here. Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all. I just <laughs> want to start by saying that I love this show and can definitely relate to the topics you guys discuss weekly. I got a story and I'm going to try to keep it short, but please keep me anonymous as the person I'm about to read. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had a cousin moving with my now husband and about six years ago because she was entering the world of adulting and struggling. I thought I could be of oh, help, Lord. but Lord, was I wrong. I learned the hard way Lord, that hurt people hurt people and it doesn't always help oh, to help Lord. people. When she first moved Is this here, the cousin faith situation? I know, right? <laughs> Oh, oh God. God, I'm scared. 
Ooh, I'm sorry, okay, we're not cool, laughing okay, at you, Deborah Cox. When she first uh, moved here, everything was okay. I split my time evenly between both people, and we even did things together. After a while, I noticed some slight changes in her behavior, including attempting to compete with me or mood changes when she doesn't get her way even more after I got engaged. At the time, I didn't understand it, but it is what it is. Let me make this clear that the first place we lived in together, she wasn't on the lease, nor did she contribute anything to the household besides rent. Living with us was supposed to be a stepping stone for her until she got herself together. No items in the house belonged to her, although she used some. Fast forward to the second place we lived together, and the only thing that changed was her being added to the lease. She didn't contribute in household items. Her attitude worsened, resulting in many arguments between my husband and I and myself and even her and my husband. That's when I knew things needed to change. We had a huge fallout about a year ago, which resulted in us not talking despite my many attempts. And that's when I knew it was over and we had to go our separate ways. During this time, I wanted to be clear. We did not speak at all. Not even a cordial hello or courteous, not even not even a cordial or courteous hello. She continued to use my items despite that and talked to my husband occasionally, mostly when I wasn't around. I decided after many conversations with the family members to be silent to ease tension within the house. That brings me to where we are currently. It's time to move out. Our property management company can be super petty and show a lack of care or concern for tenants even during this time of COVID. When they sent out the move out instructions, they sent out a detailed guide of everything that needs to be done with the apartment and a price list for everything in order to get back to the full security deposit. My husband and I moved out first and she did not, she did not too long after. The keys are to be turned in this week, so we went back to do one last walkthrough and clean up uh, of our area, which is a bedroom, kitchen, living room space, and bathroom before we turned ours in. To no surprise, we came back and found that her entire area, which was on a separate floor, bedroom and bathroom only, was not cleaned. I sent an email to her asking if she planned to return to clean and let her know that we do not intend to pay for anything from her area of charged. Of course, in her true fashion, she did not respond, although she has sent me several emails during this time asking me about mail, etc., and I responded. I plan to attend our inspection with the property manager next week and will be making a list and letting them know of everything that was her responsibility. Am I wrong for this? Should I have just cleaned her area or is it right for me to have deducted amounts owed for her area for mm. her deposit amount? Let me know. Love you guys. Signed, Deborah Cox. Deborah, girl, I don't think you was wrong. Not one bit. I mean, if grown folks can walk around your house and not speak yeah. to you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't clean up nothing. No. I would just allow, and I would. I would have the leasing company send her a send her a bill. Since she want to be on the lease so bad and not pay no rent, I'm not finna clean up this apartment. And you not even responding to me. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. You have to be responsible. Yep. Sis. This is a this is a lesson in adulting. So I don't think that this is. I don't think that you're being petty at all, especially if you try to reach out to her and she's being um, unresponsive. That's her bad. And now it's her responsibility. So it's a no for me. Yeah, I agree. And I, um, I, I don't, that's, it's not right. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't leave stuff like that for people to take care of, whether you have a fallout or not. Like you just don't do that because it's, it's just bad blood and it's bad business and it's a bad reflection of how you're raised and just like, it's just not what you do. That's just not what you do. You clean up behind yourself when you leave a place. It's trifling. It is. It's trifling, ultimately. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. I'm, we're not trying to be ugly, but it is what we're going to call a thing a thing, and it is. It's trifling. 
So I don't think you're petty at all for making a list of things or, and, you know, taking deductions and what have you from the security deposit um, because that's not your responsibility. And, you know, whatever happens with you all's friendship, ultimately, obviously, we hope for the best. But sometimes, you know, things come to an end. No Molly. <laughs> but, Mm-mm. you know, it's still not right to leave things like that. Like, that is trifling. So... That's how we feel about it, Deborah Cox. Sorry you had to be here. Very sorry. Very, 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 very sorry. Let's get on to our last I honesty box. Okay. You want to take it? Give her a nickname, sis. Oh, okay. Let's call her Loretta Divine. Loretta <laughs> Divine. I hope he's not watching me walk away. <laughs> Gregory Hines. Loretta writes. Hi, Jade and Kia. Please give me a nickname. We already got you. We got you. All right. She said she has too many friends that listen and not all of them know my business. It's safer (laughs) this way, girl. We got you. First, I'd like to give honor where honor is due. I want to thank you both for the content you create and share with us. Listening to your podcast feels like that feeling you get after having a good girlfriend conversation every single time I listen. I appreciate you both. Well, thank you, Loretta. You're always welcome here down at the kitchen table, girl. For sure. So I met this great guy at the beginning of this godforsaken year. I have to say that this was the best dating experience I have ever had. Mm. He is mature, self-aware, respectful, consistent, Mm. Mm. all that we women ask of from men, in my opinion. Although we had many things I could see being hard about joining our lives together long term. Um, Things such as religious differences and cultural differences. I was confident that we had a lot of good things going on that would have helped us to navigate through those things. But then come Rip. He comes from an extremely traditional background and his family decides to arrange his marriage. Oh, my He has already ran away from the first arrangement and it caused harm to his relationship with his family. And he knew that if he did it again, I would ruin them forever. So he decided he's got to go through with it, it being the arranged marriage. Now, I am completely empathetic to this and not angry with his decision Hmm. because I don't know what I would do if I were in his place. And I know um, he did not make this this decision lightly, Mm -hmm. but now I am heartbroken. Hmm. But one thought I can't get out of my head is that it took me 31 years to find a relationship like this. And I'm afraid that I may never find anything like this again. Hmm. And I'm just reaching out because maybe you both may have had some have some knowledge or wisdom that can help me move forward with some hopefulness. Hope you have, um, how have you processed or coped with relational losses before? Sincerely, Loretta Devine. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, Loretta. Well, what, what have, Loretta is heartbroken. She is. I I think about that song she sung in Dreamgirls. I will miss you, old friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're stupid. I miss you. <laughs> oh, friend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Loretta Devine. We must not make light We're of not. Loretta's heartbreak. We're not making light of it ahead, at all. Sis. No, heartbreak is devastating. Um, you know, and this is not to make light of of um not make light. This is not to minimize. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but y'all will know what I'm trying to say. Mm. 
I I have to say like the last like real heartbreak that I felt felt like a it felt like a death. It felt like a huge loss. Like I mourned. You know what I'm saying? I mourned the relationship. I mourned you know what I thought my life was going to be. I mourned many things to the point where I didn't eat. You know, laid in bed like it was a morning. And um I got over it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how long it took. But I'm talking to you now. Um, you know, when I met Tristan, I had zero interest in being in a relationship. <laughs> like, like none. <laughs> I had none. And here this nigga just crept right up on me. But I say all that to say, and I was I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was that's that's I was it just wasn't what I wanted. But um you know, if that is what you want, this is not the end of the road for you. And I can understand you fully mourning this situation. Like, not only is heartbreak in itself difficult, but a situation and circumstances like this is just like, like some 90 day fiance shit. Like it's some wild shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not some regular ass shit. So we, I say all that to say, we fully understand the heartbreak that you're feeling and understand how the circumstances surrounding it can make it you know can exacerbate it even more but one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna realize like you're okay that day you know I don't know when that day is gonna be but it happens like literally one day you get up you go to Target you make some eggs you know what I'm saying you change your sheets you clean your bathroom down get all at the base of the toilet and you look up, it's 4.15, and you be like, wow, I didn't think about that nigga one time today. And now I'm thinking about him now. Shit. And then <laughs> the next day, you don't think about him until 6.30. And then the next day, you don't think about him at all. Or you think about him right before you go to bed. And then eventually, you realize that you're no longer mourning what was. You can have learning circumstances. It definitely takes time. Yeah, for certain. Uh, just like a just like a wound I mean not even to be cliche but you don't bust your knee wide open and then be like well I'm gonna be you know flexing on niggas tomorrow like it doesn't work like that you have mm -hmm. to bandage it up bandage it up you gotta put bacitracin on it you gotta you know make sure that the blood stops and you keep mm -hmm. it clean and eventually let it get some air and before you know it you're like oh shit it's a little it's just a little scab so right. it's the same thing with heart heart heartbreak. And you will get you will get past this one. You will. Even though it doesn't feel like yeah. it. Wounds never get better when if you don't acknowledge that they are wounds and do your best to take care of them. So I think that Jade's advice is awesome advice, right? It's, it's totally fair and appropriate for you to grieve because you have suffered a loss. Mm -hmm. Um and it's disappointing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really, it's really a hard thing. Um, but in, in the past, I have learned that, um, and listen, let me just say this, 31 years is a long time. I'm not going to take that away from you. I know what it's like to be single for uh, that length of time and just be waiting, 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 waiting and thinking that if it's never going to come, if it hasn't come by now, then it's never going to come, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm learning and life is teaching me that, um, you know, time is one of those things that all, you know, it's, it seems like 
31 years seems like a long time uh, because you might be 31, right? But when you are 36 or 37 or 41, like you will, you will look back on, on these times and, rem- and be grateful that the th- the way that things worked out are, um, you know, are the way that they were meant to work out and the way that they were supposed to work out. Um, that's at least that's, that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think rather than finding hope again around being in another relationship, um, I would offer that your, um, aspiration should be finding, uh, hope again that you will be whole regardless of of your relationship status you will live a life um that is full and enjoyable yep. and 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 satisfying and complete um you know whether or not you are partners and i know that that sounds really cliche cliche <laughs> and i know that you know that may not be something that you want to hear but I, I I just admonish you to focus on yourself. Worry about yourself like that little girl was telling her father in that car seat. Worry about yourself mm. and just um, really just kind of throw yourself into that. And when you commit to doing the necessary work on yourself, I'm a witness that what is meant for you, what is for you, the people you're supposed to be connected to in partnership with, in relationship with, whether romantic or otherwise, mm. will present themselves when they are supposed to. That's it. That's it. All this means is that this young man as ideal and a perfect that he might seem at this time, um, is not the one. And why? Because he getting ready to marry somebody else. (laughs) Like now the circumstances are such that he didn't go out and pursue this person, but he has consented to this arrangement. So therefore, he has made a decision and you must make one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, he is not the one and that's okay. And if you say you respect his decision, now you make a decision and you respect your own. Yeah. That's it. And you commit yourself to having your feelings and taking care of you. Um, but believing that what is happening is what was meant to happen. Um, and that's been what's, what's been helpful to me in learning in, in dealing with my heartbreak because let me tell you something it, the last time I was heartbroken now I could not be more grateful Ooh, say that, again. that the Lord got that nigga up out of my life mm. I mean I'm talking floods of joy me too. <laughs> like, I'm talking all of the gratitude. I mean, hands up, raised girl. I mean, Jesus had did <laughs> that. And it wasn't that long ago. You know what I'm saying? But now I can look back and I can say, wow, the Lord really got me up out of here. And I just dodged all of the bullets. We thank God. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but there will be, there will come a time where you will look back on this very moment and you will say, Woo! Now God. I almost married that raggedy person, or I almost I almost found myself caught up in a situation. So, I mean, think about his his relationship with his family. Like 
It's a beautiful Listen. thing, but it's you fit. Yeah, you 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 got this relationship so tied to your family that you're willing to marry somebody that you don't want to marry. Don't want to marry. That is a bullet dodge, sis. If I've ever heard. Listen. One. So, you know, we're not making light of your situation. We're not making light of your not heartbreak, at all. But just putting a couple of things into perspective for you for maybe some ways and some things to think about while you are dealing with uh dealing with this loss and you know we're here for you if you want to keep us updated Absolutely. let us know let us know on that first day you start feeling good like send us an email let Absolutely. us know you got up and you vacuumed and you didn't think about some meat one time that's right you had yourself a bowl of cereal and called your good girlfriend and just went on about your tuesday that's it. minding your business that's it because that's really when you know you will know that, you know, the time on the clock continues to progress and life will go on, even though it doesn't seem like it right now, girl. But it will, sis. That I can assure you. Absolutely. Yes. So we hope that so helps. So Loretta Divine, girl. <laughs> like Jay said, keep us surprised of what's happening in your life. And we will be praying for yes, you. Yes, we will. And you will survive and this too shall pass, okay? It, it always does. Absolutely. Let's continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. Show you right. Now let us move on into the black woman self-care, shall we? I deserve all right, all right, all right. Black women self-care. I hope that we are all being intentional about caring for ourselves. We we say this all the time on Getting Grown, but now more than ever, it is important that we are uh, relentless about creating space in our lives for radical rest and restoration because we are living in a world that is on fire. <laughs> and the only way that we're going to make it through is if we are diligent about doing things that um you know uh rejuvenate us and help us to rest and reset and recenter and be ready for the whatever is coming in in the days uh you know that will follow this one so that being said i mentioned this just a little bit at the start of the show but one of the things that i have incorporated into my rest regiment um into my kind of recentering reset time my my self-care uh is reading. Um, I have been very diligent, diligent, diligent about um, uh, ingesting information that uh, helps me to not be in a place of panic or worry or fear, but to make decisions based on what I know versus what I might conjure up um, <laughs> in my own <laughs> crazy imaginations, right? So, um, and I, and, and, uh, thinking about, you know, like literally trying to build my toolkit such that when I go into these dangerous places, um, you know, in the workplace and outside in the world where I have to kind of deal with all manner of ignorant and crazy, trying to build my toolkit up so that I will have what I need at the ready, you know, in terms of words <laughs> and responses and, and perspective to be able to kind of 
literally uh, wage war against all of the crazy that I'm confronted with day mm-hmm. after day after day at work and otherwise. So I have been very diligent around reading and ingesting information that are going to help that that's going to help me. And the things that I've been reading here lately, I try to have some to, uh, resources and tools. Um, sorry. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. I try to have some resources and tools um, on, on hand so that I can um, know how to, to react and respond to, um, to uh, you know, uh, the, the racism and prejudice that we are confronted with. So, um, so I've been reading books and trying to get myself together around how to manage and navigate conversations with white people. So right now I've been reading, um, I read, uh, I'm reading Robin D'Angelo's uh, short piece on white fragility, which has been especially helpful. I'm also reading a book. Um, hold on, I'm just going to pull up the title right quick. Um, but it is a book about a student, it's for student affairs practitioners who are engaged in diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Um, and I need specific tools and resources in order to make that happen. Um, so I have been reading, it is called, um, why aren't we there yet? Taking personal responsibility for creative and inclusive, um, creating an inclusive campus. Um, and that's written by Jan Arminio Vashti Torres is edited by Jan Arminio Vashti Torres and Rochelle Pope. Um, and, and this is literally some tools that are, that are targeted and designed for, you know, uh, white, um, uh, student affairs practitioners and uh, administrative leaders at colleges and universities. So I've been reading and the chapters have really been pro- providing some practical tools that are helpful to me in making suggestions and being able to field and manage these conversations with the people that I come, come into contact with. And in addition to reading those kinds of things, I'm also being diligent about reading things that kind of feed my black girl soul um, and help me to recognize and remember all of the ways that we are superheroes and we are, um, you know, amazing and everybody wants to be like us. So in that, along that vein, I've been reading, um, Thick by, uh, Tressie, um, I think her last name is McCottom. Uh, yeah, but I'm enjoying it. It's a series, it's a series of essays. Um, and you know, she's a homegirl from the Harlem. So we are excited. Um, and I talked to a couple of friends about uh, about it, and a couple of them are, have been reading it. But yeah, Tressie's uh, Thick is what I've been reading, and in addition to uh, Tressie McMillan Cottom, um, that's 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 her name, Tressie McMillan Cottom. And so I've been reading that, and also some some resources that help me to talk to the whites. I love it. That's that's what things to feed yourself. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I had a little moment um, in the middle in the middle of the of the black woman self care. Uh, for the black woman self care, kind of two part. Um, I I think I mentioned before that I was creating this seating area for myself, just a teeny little oasis that will help me to, you know, just have some comfort in my room where where I spend most of my time in my house anyway, outside of the kitchen. And so got myself a nice armchair. It came and my floor pillows and just things to make me feel good, like small things that will help me feel good. Uh, 
and you know, in the space that I'm at, especially in the space that we are in the world. And then the second part of that, so I also ordered a plant stand for this beautiful um, Maurice that I showed, Maurice 2.0 that I showed you the other day. Uh, Maurice's brother. Did we name him something? Oh, George else? is what we called him. George. Right. George Greenleaf. Right. So I ordered a stand mm-hmm. for George Greenleaf. Um, and I looked and it said that they're made to order, you know, they take about four weeks before they even ship it out to you because they're made to order. They're made from reclaimed wood. So I'm like, okay, cool. All that's fine. So then I, you know, was looking to see where it came from and it said it comes from Texas. So I said, okay, well, I just want to see if this company has an Instagram and if they have any political views <laughs> posted oh, on there. Wow. Um, Cause something told me they weren't black, yes. you know? And I was like, well, I want to see. Okay. And you know, this is not to say that a hashtag or a black tile suffices for, uh, you know, you speaking how you exist in this world or whatever. Like that doesn't mean anything to us. Like a black tile and a hashtag literally needs action behind it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not, that's not doing the work. Um, but I also was making sure I didn't see any, any other rhetoric on there. I would have canceled my order. So I went and I looked and I saw what I needed to see, and I was, and and my plant stand will be coming in about four more weeks. But that was Black Woman Self Care for me because I was like, you know, I want to be a little bit more intentional about how I purchase. I know there's things that we can't control. There's the, you know, there's some the Amazons, and we can try to limit that by shopping at smaller and more local stores and things like that. But and we but we can't control how every corporation operates right but there are still other you know other ways that we can look and see if we're supporting people who don't support us so i needed to make that that was my black woman self care because i said i need to you know it won't sit right with me if if these people got big old american flags on their instagram page in maga and you know here i am waiting for this this you know supporting them and putting money in their pockets so you know, I feel good about my decision, but that was a black woman self-care for me. Amaze. Let's move along to the petty peeves. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. Okay, so we know there's a lot of politics going on right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird energy happening. And that's just what most of the conversation is surrounding my petty peeve. Uh, we also understand there are people <laughs> who are trying to show their solidarity. Um, I laughed earlier about all the, you know, pitiful eyes that were looking at me, uh, in the whole foods. Cause it's funny, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, my petty peeve this week is, is for some of those well-meaning white people. So, I was on the phone with one of my good friends and she was like, bitch, let me tell you a story. She's like, so she lives in a state where everything is, is, is fully open. Um, and I guess they're supposed to sit at a percentage or whatever. Her and her sister went to have a drink at 2 PM. So they go to a place that they frequent regularly. Um, and I guess they do, they're doing this social distancing thing at the bar where they're like making people sit several bar stools in between each other. I just say, close the whole thing down. But so they go and they're having a drink in the afternoon 
and the server's not there and she comes and there's another lady who is there um who stumbles in after them and she, they said that it was apparent that she had a little bit to drink before she even got there so she stumbles in and the server comes out and the way that she came out of the kitchen she hit this this white woman first so she's like can i get something for you and the woman screams at her they were here first oh my <laughs> and points at my at my homegirls so the server is like okay no problem so she goes over to them and she's like hey y'all because this is somewhere they frequent regularly so this server knows them <laughs> she's like what do you guys want they told her she's like all right bet so then the lady has a drink and she starts bonding with another woman at the bar and then she turns to my friends and says what can i starts screaming at the bar do as a white woman to use my privilege in a way that's beneficial well first and foremost you cannot make oh a God. fucking spectacle <laughs> like that's the first thing you can do so i say all of that to say you know for those who are well-meaning and you do want to you do want to be down and you want to show us that you're down and you want to show us that you want to put actions behind your words and you want to acknowledge your privilege. All of that is is very much appreciated. But at the same time, like screaming at black people in public, you know, how can I do It's not that's that's not the way. Cause now we the only two black people in here. You screaming at you screaming all this stuff out, and all of a sudden all this attention comes here. Everybody want to look at us and see what's going on. Like you doing too much. So I'm I fully 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 admonish all of our white listeners to acknowledge their privilege first and foremost, and then work in ways which we've spoken about before. Speak to your racist family members and friends and colleagues and, you know, all of your associates and people around you and, you know, figure out ways to support black business and figure out if you are a producer, if you have, you know, do you have uh, black writers in your writer's room? I'm not talking about, you know, a one-off. I'm talking about, like, do you really do you really intentionally diversify your situation around you? Like look at ways like that, but screaming at black people in public and making a spectacle of things, that's not the way. So that's my petty peeve this week. What's yours, sis? Um, mine is not a diff uh, that, that different. It actually is kind of like related to my black women self-care and kind of the conversation that we've been having kind of all show. Um, more than anything, um, the tool that, the tool that we, that we're going to have to use more than anything in combating, uh, social injustice and anti-blackness and systemic racism, the tool that we're going to all have to wield is literally information and knowledge. And I think that what has been a struggle for me um, in kind of navigating these, this, this, our more recent times is the amount of people who assume that they know how to do this work of, you know, eradicating systemic, um, 
racism and dismantling oppression as it exists in all the many forms um, that it is, you know, it is demonstrated and perpetuated in our in our time and our culture. Um, the fact of the matter is, y'all, um, we like have a lot of unlearning to do and all of us could stand and benefit from us just, you know, doing more reading and engaging more information and really just approaching this from this approaching this from a perspective of humility and not like, you know, before you get guilty and in, and indignant and self-righteous and, and in your feelings, just take a minute to, to think about and consider the fact, like I might just be wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? I might be wrong. I might be ignorant. There are things about this that I just don't know. And that's okay. Um, and before I start to rushing and making a fool of myself in restaurants and otherwise, it would just be better for me to ask questions mm. and to not do so in a way that, you know, um, you know, centers my ignorance, but like, you know, um, and well, I should say this differently, not in a way that kind of, um, recenters me as the focus, mm-hmm. but in a way that acknowledges that, you know, because of my ignorance, I have, I have treated people in, in ways that are harmful mm-hmm. and I really want to learn how to stop that. Mm. Um, and that's just not, I mean, it is for white people, but unfortunately Terry Crews and others have shown us that that is not limited to any particular race, but anti-blackness is a part of, 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 you know, what we're all trying to navigate through. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about, um, being not racist it's not just about saying i'm not a racist your job is to be an anti-racist it means that you're supposed to be actively working to uh eradicate racism to call it out and to get it up out of here in every in every which way so my petty peeve is for the people who walking around here thinking that you know they go and read a couple of tweets and listen to a bunch of youtube videos and maybe watch a ted talk or two and now they are woke and they just out here, you know, doing all of these things as if they now know and understand, um, you know, how to change our societies for the better. And it's like, nah, you don't humble yourself like we all have to humble ourselves and take take account be accountable for the ways in which we have, uh, you know, been a part of the problem and then work to identify what we got to do to fix it. I agree. Well, that is another episode of Getting Grown. For sure. Thank you all for tuning in as always. Uh, Thank you for all of our lovely guests we've had over the the, the past several weeks. Um, We hope we've been able to continue to bring you all good content. Brittany Pagnett last week was phenomenal. Uh, Rakia, she was great. So shout out to all of you and continue to support black business continue to uplift one another and all of that and sis tell them what else to do uh continue to stay safe protect yourself Mm -hmm. protect your joy Mm -hmm. protect your peace protect uh your purpose um continue to uh, moisturize your skin because above all else we should never be ashy Mm. uh continue to hydrate um because you know nobody likes dry anything (laughs) Um, and, uh, you've also got to mind the business that belongs to you, the business that pays you, um, and all of that. 
um, because failing to do so will also dry your skin and you don't want that um, because your black will crack if it's dry. Bye. Good day. Ben and Jerry's three new non-dairy frozen desserts are a new twist on vegan euphoria. The Ben and Jerry's flavor gurus have taken a big leap this time. Their three new non-dairy flavors are made with sunflower butter and they're the perfect sweet treat for vegans, vegetarians, and everyone in between. Check out the Ben and Jerry's sunflower butter lineup and the whole non-dairy family at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.